Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from our guest speaker. Hey, it's good to be uh, with you uh, tonight and to share and encourage you. Um, I was, uh, uh, Sarah, my wife Sarah and I, we were leading the Joshua School. It was, a, it was like a Bible school, discipleship school here at the church for many years. Um, then we closed the Joshua School, and we moved overseas to Cyprus for the last eight years. And our family just moved back here to Pennsylvania and back to Life Center just last year. So it is true that Josh and Sarah were in the Joshua School while we were leading it, but I had nothing to do with their, their romantic relationship and how it first started. And, but aren't you glad that they're together and they're your leaders? Dallas was, was, was uh, in the school. Do you guys remember Dylan and Katie? Yeah. They were also in the Joshua School. We traveled the world, right, Dallas? We traveled. We, had lo- we have a lot of stories from our travel, some radical things um, that, that we experienced. We experimented with God. Ah, can you do that? Yes, you can. You can experiment with God, and you'll get stories to tell. And I want to inspire you tonight. Just share a little bit of our story and also just inspire you with a desire, with a greater desire for God. I know that you love God, right? That's why you're here. If you didn't love God, maybe you shouldn't be here. But I know you love God. I know you're here because you love him. And I want to just give you a little bit, a surge of my own love for God. Add to what you already have in your hearts. Is that okay? All right. So from a little bit of my story, just so you know um, a little bit more about me before I, I, I share what's on my heart with you, um, I grew up, I'm from India originally, I was born in India, but I grew up in Dubai, who knows where Dubai is? Who said that? Have you been to Dubai? But you just love Dubai? What? They have camels, true story. Anybody ridden a camel before? Yeah. About the what? The railway? So I grew up in Dubai, and um, who knows where the tallest building in the world is? What? Oh, shucks. Okay. Who knows what the what? What's the answer? No, 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 no. No. Just because you're a twin doesn't mean everything's a twin tower. And <laughs> it is tall, but, but they, told, they said the answer already. They said Dubai is the answer. Who knows what the name of the building is? The name of the tallest building. <laughs> you have two options, Dubai or Jesus. <laughs> come, stand up. Come on. Come on. Come on. They didn't even hear what you said. They were clapping. All right. Tell us what the name of the tallest building. Who else knows this answer? Just put your hands up if you know the answer. Look at that. Look at that. Okay. What grade are you in? Okay. High schoolers, raise your hands. Senior high. Let's do senior high. Any senior high? Junior high? And senior high, raise your hands. 
All high schoolers. Raise your hands. Okay. With your hands up now. Any of you know where what the name of the tallest building is? All right. Burj Khalifa. Burj Khalifa. Come on, give it up for him. <laughs> so I grew up in Dubai, and uh, after high school, I, uh, I moved to Pennsylvania to go to college at Messiah College. And I spent, so that's when I first came to, uh, you wearing a Falcons t-shirt? No, you're wearing Spurs. You go to Messiah? Awesome. Um, we, we, I grew up uh, in Dubai and then came to, uh, to go to college here. And when I came to Messiah, they came on Sunday morning from Life Center to pick up college kids to bring for Sunday services. That's how I first came to Life Center back in 1993. How, you're thinking, how old is this guy? Does he know that this is youth group? 125, uh, just about. (laughs) 23, thank you so much. So back then, it was not called Life Center. It was called Word Fellowship. And the church was on 13th Street in Harrisburg. And the, the old building where we were meeting for church, it used to be a casket factory, which we bought, and we had church in there, and now there's another church that holds the services um, in that property. And it's an amazing story that we're here. Isn't this amazing building that we have? The first serv- When we moved in, the first Sunday services, you know where it was held? You know your history, right? And it was right there uh, behind, in front of those windows. So there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of my past uh, 25 years or so has been connected to Life Center and I've my family and I we've traveled in and out for in you know some of those years but we've stayed connected um, and the, so the last um, let me backtrack so ha- college Messiah College four years then I went and worked in Washington DC uh, with investment banking for four years and then I was a gr- it was a great season I think I shared some of my story um, during during camp last year or a couple of years ago, um, so during my during my uh, four years doing banking, I had all the money in the world and I was living an affluent life, no debt from college, and I was enjoying what I was doing. But then I felt like there was something unfulfilled. Something was still like more that I desired in my heart. I didn't know what it was, but I was involved in youth group. I was involved in local outreach. I was like, Lord, I wonder if there's something with along these lines that you're going to use me in because I love doing that. And, uh, and, and in 98, somebody invited me to go to Ethiopia for a, a two-week uh, mission trip, and I went with them. And while I was on a mission trip, similar to your Guatemala trip, we were working with street kids, we were working with orphanages, we were working with feeding centers um, that we still go to. Our kids now have been there and served in, in some of these places I was walking with two kids, two orphan kids, and I heard clear, clear as day, Lord, speak to me. This is what I've called you to do with your life. So I made a radical change um, since that time. And I'm not saying that uh, in order to follow God and follow God radically, you have to give up everything and become missionaries. Uh, you have to be radical. You have to hear God for your life and make radical choices in whatever God is leading you to. And it starts here. You're 
your, your opportunity to live in an amazing way in the future for your life begins in these days here to begin to experience how can I be radical? How can I be passionate for God in my life? Oh, I'm going to do it when I'm older. No, this is your chance. When I was your age, when I was a teenager, I was in Dubai, was not a believer yet. I had tons of Arab friends, Hindu friends. I mean, we were into all kinds of, I mean, we just didn't, we didn't, I didn't have opportunity to know God. And you are so much more ahead of where I was when I was your age. And I'm excited to see what God does in all of your lives. When I first joined uh, Life Center, all of your, le- your uh, like your parents were teenagers in the youth group. They were in many of you who, who grew up here. Your, some of your parents were exactly where you're sitting right now as teenagers um, in Airborne. Tiff, when I first met her, her parents used to drive other than the, the church van. I think they drove the church van once in a while, right? Yeah, Mark. And your family van. So I can't remember now if Tiff was in a car seat at that time or no. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, we're not that far apart. But, but she was a little girl sitting in the back seat of the car, you know. And it's amazing how to see God's, you know, the, the evidence of God in her life. Because she sat where you, you were sitting right now and she poured her heart out. She lived in a real radical, passionate way before God. And, you know, they're leading as now as a family, they're worship leaders and making such an amazing impact to everyone around them. You have the same opportunity even more. Why more? Because there are more stories of God's goodness and God's faithfulness here in this house, part of this youth group, part of your leadership, part of all the people that are here to help you. They're not here to help you because that's their job. They have lived it out and they have seen God be real and good to them. And they're saying this can happen and even more in your lives. I have now I have my children who are coming here to youth group and I want to see this youth group encounter the Lord and have seasons of a revival encounter because you have opened your heart wholly for him. The only way to encounter the revival that the touch of God is not waiting for God to show up is for us to show up with all of our hearts open for God. He's waiting for us to have revival. He is. We're not waiting for him. He is never without the spirit of revival. Wherever God happens, wherever God shows up, it's the atmosphere of revival. Revival means anything that just comes alive. God is life. In him we live. We have our being. We move. All of life came out of God. So where God is, everything comes alive. Where God is, there's revival. So he's, we're not waiting for revival. He's waiting for somebody in Airborne to stand in the front and pour their heart out wholeheartedly before him. You have the coolest youth group in the universe. I'm serious. You have the coolest leaders in the universe. You have the coolest youth group in the universe. But cool is not going to cut it. I love being cool. I wore my cool suede boots for you tonight. But cool is not going to cut it. A wholehearted pursuit after God is going to cut it. 
If that's not your desire, there's the exit. Get out. Remember Dallas? It's not worth. It's not worth. It's not worth it. Give it your all or get out. Get out of the way. Let somebody else come up to the front. Get out of the way so somebody else can be inspired by whoever has that passion in their heart. All it takes is one person. One single person in your youth group to dare to stand up in the front and give it their all. It's not about being cool. I would love for the coolest people in your crew to stand in the front and pour your heart out, tears running down your face because you love God with all your heart. That's what Airborne's about. That's what this season of your life is about. I mean, I was doing fine at 4 o'clock. I was quietly sitting in, my, in the office upstairs. I just pressed my coffee, and I was just about to take a sip, and then I got a phone call saying, hey, can you preach at Airborne tonight? I was like, yes, I can. <laughs> because something happened to me years ago. You know, I'm from India. We, love, we have chai culture. 4 o'clock, everything stops. Well, two to four, everything shuts down. All the shops shut down because it's siesta time. Everyone goes home, literally. You shut your shop, go home and take a nap. Because after lunch, who can stay awake after lunch? I don't know how I made it, right? At work, I'm only pretending after two (laughs) o'clock. There's no productivity going, nothing. I'm not doing anything creative or nothing productive after 2 p.m. It's just, I'm totally faking it. So everything shuts down at 2 o'clock. Everybody goes home, takes a nap. And when you wake up from your nap, you know that groggy feeling? Most people hate it. I love it. I love waking up from a nap around 4, 4.30. And I was like, I have this feeling your body's craving a cup of chai in India. Masala chai with, with ginger and cardamom and some spice and pure tea leaves. None of that tea bag stuff. And here I love coffee. My body's craving a cup of coffee and I love to sit and just relax. And that my personality is that I'm an introvert. I am. Introvert, what is introvert? Introvert means you're not like you know, loud and outgoing and you're quiet, you're reserved, you don't like to talk to people, you just want to be by yourself. I am an introvert. I told you I was minding my own business till 4 o'clock. I was being my introvert itself until I got the phone call, can you preach? Because something happened to me years ago when I was a teenager, when I was young, that I met God in my life and I realized that the measure and the way that God wanted to encounter my life was not a little bit here and a little bit there. He wanted it all, and I dared to give him my all. I left home in 93 when I was 17. 
And I haven't been back with my parents. I, ha- I lived like a month at a time here and there since, when, since I was 17. I'm in my 40s now. And my mom just passed away in April. I missed out so many years of, what, you know, of time that I could have spent with my parents. Now my mom is gone. But you know what? God led me all these years. I would not trade it for the world. And she gave me something. An inspiration of a way of living your life passionately for God. That inspired my life. But I didn't know how to, how to do it the same way that she did. She was a woman of prayer. She loved to pray all the time. She fasted from midnight to noon every day. As long as I can remember. You might be thinking, well, I fast midnight to 8 in the morning. But she prayed from 12, midnight to 1, p, 1 a.m. every night, went to bed, and woke up from 4 to 5 every morning and prayed for another hour. This is how she lived her life, a fasted lifestyle. And then she fasted until noon. And years later, I mean, I grew up with this. I grew up going to bed with the sound of my mom praying, waking up early morning, hearing my mom crying out for her children. This is how, this is, I heard it, but it didn't changed me at that time when I was a young kid growing up. But later on, when I began to, to when I became God, a friend of God, I realized what an amazing inheritance I have in my mother. But I was like, well, I can't do that, you know. Then later on, as we were teenagers and, 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 and uh, you know, we, we got into worship and all these things and we we're pursuing God. And there was, there, was this, there was this missionary called David Hogan. And he had radical stories of missions and faith and walking with God and everything. And his part of his story was that they have a large mission camp. And everybody in their missionary group fasted every other day. So if they fasted on Monday, they would eat on Tuesday. They would fast on Wednesday. They would eat on Thursday. They would fast on Friday. They would eat every other day. They would fast all day. I tried that. Could not do it. I barely made it a few hours. (laughs) I thought one day, what not eating, one day eating is easy, simple. You know, people have fasted like 40 days. I'm like, oh, man, I can never do it. One day, sure. I started a few hours. I was like, (gasps) help. But I was inspired by something. I was inspired that my mom was living a fasted lifestyle to midnight to noon, which means half of her life was fasting and praying. And I listened to this guy, David Hogan, half of his life was fasting. And he said, when we fast, our dogs fast, our cats fast, our cattle. We don't feed even our pets and our animals in our compound. I don't even have a dog. So I began to get inspired by these amazing men and women. I was like, God, I want, I want what they have. But it requires me to step out of the way I live into something. Maybe it's uncomfortable in the beginning, but I'm after God in a way that I have a story to tell 10 years from now. 20 years from now, maybe they'll call me at 4 o'clock in the afternoon and tell me, hey, can, we, can you come and preach at Airborne? I have a story to encourage your lives with. <sighs> 
When you wake up from now on, every morning, if you don't listen to anything I say, wake up in the morning, when you brush your teeth, look in the mirror and go, that's my internal cry that, yes, I'm following after God with everything I have in me. That's what that growl is. My spirit man is taller than I am, even darker than I am, with a ton of hair. And when he growls, oh, you better watch out. So I live my days of my youth. When I came to know God, I didn't know him for many, many years. But when I came to know God, starting in college, when I was 17, so I can say that it, starting in my teens, I began to know God. I began my journey with God. But for me, there was just one switch. It was either off or it was on. There was no, you know, now we have the sliders, the, what are they called, faders? So convenient, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not feeling it that much. I'll just, just turn my light on a little bit. That's not even Christianity. That's not even the faith that we have in Christ. It's either you're on or you're off. If you're off, get out. Don't waste my time. Don't waste your leader's time. It takes money to run all these lights. We could just do like half of the lights and save money and send another person to Guatemala next year. If you're in it, give it your all. Give it your all. Give it your all. Give it your all. Whatever it takes, give it your all. You lead your family in a pursuit of God. Thank you, Lord. You go home and live out a radical passion for God in your life. You wake up early. You get your Bible out. You begin to listen to words. You give your life wholeheartedly for God in your life. In front of your friends. In front of your cool friends. If cool is all that you have going for you, you are, the Bible says, you are nothing. I don't think they're going to invite me anymore. I'm preaching real hard so that they don't bother me during my coffee time at 4 (laughs) o'clock. I'm going to see how much I can push your leaders and you. So I started working at, at FBR, this company in, in, in uh, investment banking. Then I knew that there was this call for me to experiment with God in my own journey. And I had an Indian passport then, and, and my company was, I had applied for my green card. When I felt, through a lot of process, I won't get into now, when I felt this is a time for me to, to experiment and have my journey with God, begin my own story with God, I left everything, gave away everything I own. I told my company quit to cancel my green card process. Today, it means even more in the political culture. Cancel my green card process. I'm going. They said, look, I had so much favor. So much favor in the company with the three, um, the partners of the company. The three partners were earning $17 million each twice as bonuses a year. And I had personal favor with them. They told me, 
look, we, we commend your desire to go and study the Bible. That's how, how they knew what I wanted to do in Cyprus. Go do it. When you're done, come back because we want you to work for our company. That's that kind of sweet favor I had. I said, I'm not coming back. And moreover, I want you to cancel. They said, look, at least we'll keep your green card process going for you. Even if you don't want to work here, when you come back, let's talk about it. I said, cancel my process right now. And I forced them to cancel my green card because I did not want to have plan B in my journey with God. I said, I'm going this way. I never thought I would come back to America. Never. This was 1999. Y2K. I'm looking at only one person in the room. Maybe two or three. (laughs) And I said, I'm going, I don't want to have plan B of how my life, if it doesn't, if, if missions doesn't work out, hey, then I'll come back to work here. So I forced them to cancel it and I, I, and I left. And when I went to my school, I had these things in my heart. I want to live. This is, this is my chance. I've been hearing about it. I've been in youth groups, listening to passionate messages, just like you're listening to now. I've seen my mom's life. I've seen David Hogan. Today you have Todd White. And who are the other heroes, some of your heroes? Todd White, one. Stephen Furtick. Joseph Garlington. Heidi Baker. You've heard their message. You've seen their lives. You've, seen te- you've heard testimonies. What good is it that you live your whole life listening to testimonies, but you don't dare to live with God in the same way? You don't need to have a ministry to have passion for God. You guys know Todd White? Raise your hand if you know Todd White. Isn't he amazing? Wouldn't it be awesome if he came and just was with you every Wednesday? He used to be. Wait, what? Todd White. Used to come to our church, Sun, not Wednesday nights. Maybe he came in. Sunday mornings, he would walk up the aisle. We were at the Joshua School. He would walk up my aisle and say, dude, I got this crazy test. Nobody knew Todd White. He lived in York. Todd White's from York. He would come up to me and Jason at that time and say, dude, you won't believe this testimony. What happened when I was out yesterday? We will listen to his testimony. I will walk up to Brian and say, hey, Todd's got a testimony. And once in a while, we'll let him get up and share this crazy testimony. Some of his testimonies, even I didn't believe it at that time. (laughs) You lying. It didn't even happen this week. No, I, I did. He was a young guy living with passion for God. He was not a YouTube sensation. He was not traveling. Nobody knew him. Even we didn't know him here. He would just show up and share a testimony. That's exactly where you are. You can have your own stories. When my wife and I, we got married, we have so many stories we would tell of her parents who are faith, our faith giants for us, our greatest inspiration. We would tell their stories everywhere we went. When we got married, I had the stirring inside of me. I told my wife, I love sharing dad and mom's stories, her dad and mom's stories. But I want us to live in such a way that we have our own stories to tell. This is how we started our marriage in 2002. I said, we're going to live in such a way, in a radical way, you and I and our family, that 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we will add to the stories that we're sharing about your parents. We will build on it. We'll live their legacy out through the passion of our lives. 
you have a lot of stories in Airborne and in this church that you're a part of. An amazing platform for you to live passionately. And some of you are held up by being cool. I'm going to hit this thing. Thank you, Lord. Turn with me to Mark 1. You don't even have your Bibles in here? Oh, man, you're in so much trouble with me right now. What are you doing in youth group? Forget Mark 1. What are you doing in youth group without your Bible? At least have the picture adventure Bible with you. Newsflash, you are not cooler than your Bible. You are not smarter than your Bible. You are not sweeter than your Bible. You are not it. You are not the center of your universe. In youth group without your Bible? I talk to Ben. He comes back. You know I love you guys, right? You got your Bible open, and he's like, look at that. Look at that. Just leaning back, reclining. I got this, Johnny. I got my Bible right here. It's a sweet little passage. The rest of you can just listen to what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Mark 1, 35. Now, in the morning. Everybody say, in the morning. I don't preach like that. I just wanted to try that. In the morning, <laughs> having risen a long while before daylight. Who in their right mind would do that? You wake up? You do? You wake up way before to watch TV in the morning. That doesn't count. (laughs) Now, in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight. So let's, what time is daylight now? I don't even know. Six, let's say six, maybe earlier, but let's say six. And it says, in the morning, a long while before daylight. What time do you think that would be? Four. Three is pretty radical. Miss, Miss Paris t-shirt, you're radical. Two? Oh, man, that should go the other way. At midnight, a long while after me. So let's say four o'clock. Let's be, let's be nice. Let's say four o'clock. In the morning, a long while before daylight, he, who's he? You don't even know. You don't even have your Bible. You're just like, look, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he, Jesus, went out and departed to a solitary place. Solitary just means a place by himself. And there he prayed. 
I'm going to say, read that. Now, in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. Jesus prayed a long while before daylight. So what time did we say? We agree on 4 a.m. Jesus woke up and went out to a place all by himself to do what? Pray. You are not cooler than Jesus. We are not cooler than Jesus. But that doesn't work in our lives. Or we shouldn't have that kind of a lifestyle following God. I'm not saying all of us have to go and wake up at 4 o'clock and pray like Jesus. We can. You have the opportunity. Nobody's stopping you. But you need to find your own place and time where you know you're grabbing a hold of God for your life. In whatever way, maybe it's you're listening to the latest Hillsong or Bethel or your favorite worship leader or anything that you like listen, not anything, what worship stuff, you know. Okay, you wake up at four and listen to anything you want to. I'll meet you back here next year. We'll talk about how you're doing. But for the rest of us, wake up in the morning, listen to worship music. Or read your Bible, read a story, read a book that you feel inspired to. Or just sit for half an hour, 20 minutes. Put your timer on. I'm just going to sit here. I may fall asleep within 10. But guess what? I'm here like your grandpa. I'm here. I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm experimenting with God in my life. I'm trying it out for my, my own self. Ben can give this to you. Dallas can give this to you. Tiff can't give this to you. Your leaders, Lynn can give your leaders can't give this to you. Charles and Ann can't give this to you. Only you can get it. Your parents can't give it to you. Your grandpa can't give it to you. Only you can find that place. It doesn't have to be early morning. It can be smack in the middle of the day. That you know about you, it's written the same way in detail. At 12 o'clock, at noon, every day without fail, Julie comes out from her busy life and she spends time with him it's not about reading a devotion doing a reading all those things are great but there's a time of your day of your daily your weekly your rhythm normal life that you know you are grabbing god in a personal way that nobody can take away for the rest of your life thank you lord i'm going to read this quick and go to another passage and we'll end there He went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with Jesus searched for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. There's two things happening. One, Jesus is living by example, by living a life that is pursuing God. Jesus is pursuing God. Early morning, he didn't even need to do it. Right? He just probably walked on water yesterday. That would, like for me, if I did that, that would be my ministry for the rest of my life. Walk on water ministries international. (laughs) I wouldn't even need to repeat it because it would probably be on YouTube. That's me. And for (sighs) $29.99...
So Jesus, on one side, Jesus is living out his own life for us to follow. And on the other side, his disciples, remember what time was it? Several hours before daylight, four o'clock is when Jesus, it says he quietly departed to a place. And it says, Simon and those who were with him searched for him. If it was us, we would be so fast asleep. We wouldn't even know if Jesus went or came or what he did, where he went. But if you have a hunger for God in your life, the moment he is not with you, you will go searching for him until you find him. Simon and those who were with him, it didn't matter to them it was four o'clock in the morning because it's Jesus. He does that all the time. They looked over him like, oh, there he goes again. Oh, not again. You know, that's what we would do, right? Come on. But they loved him so much. They didn't know what he was doing, but they could not be without him even at four o'clock in the morning. They got up and went to search for Jesus. Sometimes in our lives, we don't feel, I mean, I'm just going through a rough time. I don't feel Jesus. We've been a year without discipleship. So all of that's like coming out of me. Encouraging young people. Have you felt that in your life? Some weeks, you just don't feel God at all. Right? You felt that real? Be real. I have. You don't feel his nearness. You don't feel the reality. And have you talked to your leaders about it? Hey, pray for me. Before you ask your leaders to pray for you next time when that happens, I want you to go find him. I want you to go, whatever it takes in your life, go find Jesus. There's a song, I found Jesus. It's an old delirious song. You should be singing, I lost Jesus. (laughs) Please help me find him. But the good news is, he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Never. It's amazing. So we have two opportunities to pursue him. We won't even get to the next passage. Two opportunities just from this Mark 1, Mark chapter 1, 35 to 37. And when they found him, verse 37, when Simon and his his couple of friends went out, they didn't know it was dark. They went out, found Jesus. And when they found Jesus, you know what he said? Jesus, what have you been doing? Everybody is looking for you. Because your pursuit of Jesus, your life, your passion for the things of God, is not only for you, but it's for a few others that are still looking for Jesus. It may just take one of you to follow God with all your heart. Every single day, every single Wednesday, every Sunday, every weekday, at home, when you're home, when you're in school, when you start school again next month. Live for Him radically. Test God in your life. See if, it, if He's for real. See if he'll do the things that he promised you that he would do. Thank you, Lord. I want airborne. I'm personally invested now. My children are here. I want this to be their their experience here. And for all of you, that your opportunity here in these days will be marked by a radical passion that is not hindered 
because you feel insecure for whatever reason in your life. Whether it's emotional insecurity, physical insecurity, mental insecurity, Jesus and your love for him is greater than your insecurity. Love him with all your heart. Love him with all your heart. Openly. Let your face show the love that you have for him. The reason I'm being, I'm going at it with you tonight because I know you love God. I'm not talking to you about a love for him that you do not have. I'm not talking to you about a passion for Jesus that you do not have. I'm not talking about fasting and living a fasted lifestyle. If that's what you're inspired to do, do it radically. I fasted when I was a teenager, 21 days, 40 days with a group of people. So difficult to do it alone. But I'm talking to you about this passionate way of living for God because it's inside your heart. I know it's inside your heart. And in this age group of your life, you're shy in many circumstances. You're not naturally bold. True, for the most part. You're apprehensive. Of course, you come alive when you're playing and hanging out and everything. But in the context of worship and living your life, Genuinely for God, there's a personal, like I'm a little shy about that part of my life. It doesn't matter that you're shy. I know that the passion and the desire for God is in you. And I want you to live that out. I want you to let that out. Many times I know some of you have come to a verge of tears, but you've held back because you didn't know how to freely yield your whole body to him, your whole being to him, all your emotions to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Come on, stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Come on, a good stretch. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, if worship teams here, you can come back if you're able to. Father, we thank you for this evening. God, I thank you for your desire for us, your plan and your purpose for our lives. We thank you for this beautiful sanctuary of this holy place of Airborne where we get to with our friends. This is your greatest privilege in your life with your friends you get to love your God wholeheartedly. This is your, look around, just look around. Let's just face it right now. Face all of that insecurity. Look around, take a few turns. Look around, look who's around you. These are not strangers. Maybe you've come for the first time. We welcome you here. I promise I don't come here often. People don't growl when they speak here. It's a safe place. We'll let you know when I'm here next time so you can stay home. (laughs) But look around. Are these familiar faces or are these strangers? Familiar faces, right? Can you identify that the people around you love God? Look around again. 
Don't look at me. Look around. Turn. I mean, literally, physically turn around. Look around. I mean, don't just do the turn around, inside, outside, turn around. Your right foot in, left foot out. Do you see at least one or two people who love God around you? All it takes is one person who wants to give him everything. All in. Okay, everybody move back. Take your stuff with you. Move back. That's good. Don't leave. If you want to live in a radical way, in school, in your house, in front of your siblings, in front of your parents, in front of your neighborhood kids, especially in church, in front of all of your friends in Airborne, if you have the courage in your heart to tap into the love for God that you know is there, but you haven't allowed because of being shy or or insecurities, you haven't allowed that passion in your heart to have an expression. I want to challenge you tonight. If you want to live radically for him. When I was in, right, when I went to Cyprus, remember I told you I left everything, gave up my green card and went. I woke up at four o'clock in the morning. Freezing cold. And my challenge, I had made it up myself. I didn't have a bald dude standing in front of me telling me, and growling at me, telling me I had to do all these things. I did it all by myself, by seeing David Hogan from afar, seeing my mom grow, you know, growing up in my life. And I decided for myself, I want this. I don't know how I'm going to get it, but I'm going to try it out. And I did four o'clock every single morning in the freezing cold. I went out, all of my, my leaders were asleep in my Bible school. And I went out, put my headphones on. I had a disc man by, back then. The metal headband with the felt. It was rad back then. And I began to sing and worship. 4 a.m. till the sun came up. And my own personal challenge was that I'm going to be here worshiping God and spending time with God before this, even the sun comes up. I challenged the sun with my pursuit of God. And I won every single morning because I knew when the sun would come up. I want to challenge you. If you have a desire for God, Step up. Don't, no, no, no. Don't just do it. I'm going to come back next week and peek in. If you have a desire, serious desire, serious desire to live visibly passionate for God, step up. Come on, let's worship, guys. Let's give Him our all. Don't wait for Encounter Fridays. Let's give Him our all. Experiment in your heart with God freely. Give Him your all. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for unlocking the genuine treasures in our hearts tonight. Unlocking 
the passion that is deep in our hearts for you. And we commit tonight not to hide it, not to hold it back, not to preserve it, not to keep it, not to keep it hidden, not to keep it covered. Sunday mornings, I want to encourage you in the front when you come up for worship. I want you to radically worship God. Thank you, Lord. I want the youth of this church to be catalytic for revival with the adults on Sunday morning. Thank you, Lord. You're up there in the front. You might as well take the lead. So my second challenge for you is will you, you stepped up, right? All of you came up. And almost all of you are connecting, allowing God to unlock your passion for Him. My second challenge for you is, will you live it out? Will you live it out when you go home with your siblings, with your parents? Will you go to your parents tonight and say, I want God in my life in however way that I can get Him, I want Him. Will you live it out tomorrow when you wake up? Will you look in the mirror and say, My impartation for you tonight is a stirring in your heart that you don't even have words for. I want you, God. Your your parents may think something's wrong, but that's okay. They'll understand soon. Will you live it out, my challenges? Will you live it out Sunday morning when you're worshiping God? Will you live it out next month when you return to school? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.